Welcome to the Pope on Film! I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. Dabney looks really creepy on the chair. <laughs> uh, but, I, but in a good way. Like, he looks photorealistic. He's, he looks more alien than I remember. He's getting there. He's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. But I dig it. I really dig it. Anyway, uh, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is episode 297 of the podcast. And Bunny, you know why this podcast is so great? Uh, we have a good group. It takes more than Flint to start a fire. Yes, it does. You know who said that? Jack Reese, professional thief. You know what uh -huh. he's doing this week? He's going to try and take down the money plane. All right. I have quotes from this movie uh, scattered throughout the podcast. So have fun finding the little... Uh, oh, I like the blue fire. Just notice that. You like that? Really like the fire. Yeah, I like that very much. So, episode 297. And I don't know what we're going to do for episode 300, but I know that, like, from here on out, I'm just trying to, to, to show some, not necessarily good movies, but movies that are fun to watch. Okay. And I had a lot of fun with this movie. It's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. But I had a lot of fun with this week's movie. Uh, it, it's it's a piece of shit. It's it. Yeah, I, I, I had some fun. Yeah. That's some fun making fun. Yeah. I did. I, I did laugh during the uh, the Russian roulette scene. Yes. The way that it, yeah. I found myself laughing out loud during that. And that was surprising. Anyway, uh, that's for Act 3. We're in Act 1, and let's start this. Bunny! Yes! Wow. Okay, uh, there's a new superhero in town. A new superheroine in town. Female hero, yes. There's a new superheroine in town. So, move over, Captain Marvel. Take a hike, She-Hulk. Sayonara, Wonder Woman, because America's newest superheroine is powered by one of the strongest powers known to man, celebrity ego. Okay. See, when a person becomes a celebrity, um, or, or uh, when someone becomes super rich, uh, they stop growing as a human being because part of being a normal, fully functioning adult human is uh, hearing the word no. Yes. But when you have a large amount of money, when you are a celebrity, when you are a highly paid actor, uh, you never hear the word no. Uh, when you have power then you never hear someone say no and you think you can do whatever you want. You think you're some damn superhero 
who can do whatever they want, like run for president. And surprise, surprise, this is all about share. Share, okay. We're talking about share. We've been surprised. I just shamalanja. We've been talking about share this whole time. Okay. She so, saved an elephant. Yeah, on in the beginning of the month, uh, April seventh, Cher got on Twitter and started tweeting. Uh, this tweet has since been deleted, and it's a whole thing. I saved a screenshot because it was ridiculous, so I'm going to read Cher's tweet now, and it goes like this: Was talking with mom. Apparently, shit, mom is still alive. That's surprising because. Yeah. Is like 80 years old. Uh, was talking with mom, and she said, I watched trial of policemen who killed George Floyd and <coughs> cried. Okay. Yeah. I said, Mom, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I kept thinking, maybe. If I had been there, I could have helped. Yes. Because really what George Floyd needed at that time was the Shoop Shoop song. Yeah, now, a lot of people, probably Cher fans, uh, defended the tweet saying uh, different versions of, well, hey, we all wish we could have stopped uh, George Floyd from dying. This just shows that Cher is human. And first off, Cher is not a human. She is an ultra-rich celebrity who never hears the word no, so F off and stop defending millionaires and billionaires who would never defend you. Yes. First off. Yes. And secondly, Cher is saying that in order for black people to stop white cops from killing them, they need white savior celebrities to magically appear and intervene, and that's sad and ridiculous. And yeah, maybe, you know, we don't need celebrities. Maybe the answer to stopping police violence is not more of a celebrity presence. Yes. And it's, I'm sorry, Mr. Clooney, I know your heart is in the right place, but perhaps we don't need the worst, most nippled Batman to interfere in the George Floyd case. Yes. And, he, and uh, it's the sad statement about American society that in order to stop black people from being murdered, we need the help of the woman who sang I Got You, Babe, with Beavis and Butthead. Yes, true. True. Way to make George Floyd's murder about you! Good job, Cher! So here's my plan. Whenever a black person is in distress, we light the Cher signal. Yes. In the sky. And then Cher will jump in the Cher mobile. And then just speed to the scene. And I don't know what she's going to do when she gets there. I'm assuming she's going to sing the following song Do you believe in not killing blacks? Yes. I'm assuming is what she's gonna do, I, and then I, that's well, just that gonna is solve her superpower. Yeah, that's just gonna solve all of our uh, problems. 
like the next time that a white cop is uh, flexing his uh, superiority conflict, his superiority help me out here his superiority complex thank you and has like a 13 year old black kid at gunpoint maybe what we need is just for Wonder Woman to appear and start singing Imagine yeah uh that's all we need we just need ultra rich celebrities to appear and then hooray we've stopped all racial violence that's the answer hooray we need more nippled Batman well, I'm sorry. I know where I know you know where I stand on the nippled Batman. Okay, so we do need the nipple map Batman. What we need is more extreme nipples. Yes. Yes. I was thinking that the when we we finally got an Aquaman movie that it would just be like 90% nipples cuz he's in the ocean. It's cold. Yes. But I don't think I saw a single nipple in that movie. I don't remember. And another thing about this week's movie, Money Plane. This has the most gun... The most non-violent gunplay I've seen in a very long time. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone has guns and everyone is shooting guns, but also there's no blood. Nope. There's no nudity. There's just Frasier cussing. Yes, there is. Weird-ass movie this week. Frasier, otherwise known as The Budget. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salad and scrambled eggs, motherfucker! Yeah. Yeah. So... I'm really excited to get to this week's movie. You probably can't tell because I keep it in so much. Yes. But I can't to get into this week's movie. I'm very excited. I'm also excited for next week's movie. Okay. Positive and upbeat, but we'll get there. Anyway, uh, cut on the share uh, segment. Yes. Okay. This is going to be something different, so bear with me. Because while I was thinking about what to do for Act 1 of this episode of the podcast, I realized that since we first started this podcast in 2014, almost seven years of rambling, we have barely, if at all, mentioned Florida Congressman Matt Gates. We've barely mentioned he's like a He's like all of the news right now. But we've barely mentioned Matt Gates at all. So I thought that before we head into the second act of the podcast, I just wanted us to carve a small amount of time here on the show to just riff on Matt Gates. I have nothing written here for this segment. This is just free riff, adult swim, Matt Gates time for the both of us. Yes. Now, I will go first. And, and uh, please, while we're riffing on Matt Gates, please feel free to substitute the name Andrew Cuomo. Okay, yeah. Okay. Andrew Cuomo looks like he definitely knows uh, where some bodies are buried. 
<laughs> yes. Andrew Cuomo looks like if he wasn't like mayor, governor, whatever, he would be uh, like the end of Goodfellas driving around in a car going, do you see that helicopter? That yeah. helicopter's been following me all day. Son of a bitch. You got to make sure to stir the sauce. You got to stir the sauce. Have you been stirring the sauce? Yeah. Mad Gates. Mad Gates looks like every time there's a... Not Mad Gates. Uh, Andrew Cuomo looks like whenever that, like... Whenever he's doing a press conference, he, he seems like, okay, I'm going to take some questions, but you better not give me any guff or else I'm going to give you the spadoo. Yes. Right in the gun You know, like... <clears throat> like... Like, my, my name is Andrew Cuomo the Third, also known as the Rumble. Yes. <laughs> We're going to defeat the coronavirus. After that, we're taking down the money plane. That's what he looks like. Oddly, Matt Gates looks like a guy who would pay underage girls to have sex with him. Go fucking figure. I've always been... Who Venmo's prostitutes? Who? Who? Who, like... (laughs) Who Venmo's prostitutes? Yes. He's like, uh, I'm gonna pay some women for sex. You know what? I you know what? I should involve uh, Apple products in this. I should do all of this electronically on my phone. That's a really smart idea. Yeah. Well, he seems like the whole Matt Gates thing seems like like this is the the ultimate. And the pinnacle of privilege, because I don't think Matt Gates had any idea he was doing anything wrong. That's why he vemoed it. Yeah. Until he got caught, and it was like, yeah. wait, this is a crime. I keep putting this on Twitter, and not a lot of people like it, but I keep doing it over and over again. He looks exactly like a human version of Guy Smiley from Sesame Street. (laughs) With his big, giant, massive, bulbous, uh, elephant man face. He looks like a... He looks like... He looks like he's already a Sid and Marty Croft puppet from... From that... From that short-lived 80s show with Fred Willard where he's a bartender. DC Follies. He already looks like a pre-made Sid and Marty Croft puppet. Yes. And and you you gotta admit, if if any Muppet was sus, it was Guy Smiley. Yes, absolutely. Fun fact, if you ever see Matt Gates push his forehead back and a Pez comes out of his neck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the truth about Matt Gates. And I love the fact that all of these QAnon people are like the left. They are uh, sex traffickers. They're having sex with underage teens and children. The left are all sexual predators. We need to stop the Democrats. Stop the Democrats from sex trafficking. They're all 
sex traffickers, and then it's like, oh, hey, Matt Gates, you know, took a 17-year-old girl to the Bahamas to have sex with her and then Venmoed her, and all of the QAnon people are like... I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, I'm sorry, and it's news. What, Matt Gates did something? Oh, did you say Matt Gates? Or did you say Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Like, you don't hear any of the QAnon people talking about Matt Gates, but like, no, I swear, you know, Tom uh, Hanks. Tom just cracking babies, like, uh, and just slurping them down. Yeah. yeah. 100%. But they have nothing to say about Matt Gates literally sex trafficking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's incredible. Matt Gates. The good thing about Matt Gates is that he is definitely the congressman that you would expect when you hear Florida congressman. Yes. You know? So it's like, oh, what what do you expect from Florida from a Florida congressman? Oh, that he does meth off of a 17-year-old he does coke off a 17-year-old hooker's abs. Yeah, that's who you from a Florida congressman. And Matt Gates is, you know, he wants to be the man to serve Florida man. Yes, Matt Gates for Congress, a man of the people. Yeah, a man of the Florida people. Yeah, yeah. Except those people of Floridians. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So freaking Matt Gates, Matt Gates. (laughs) <laughs> and I feel that the Matt Gates story is being amplified in the media because, damn, remember when we had a president that was wildly dangerous and therefore gave us good ratings? Now we have a president that actually is doing his job, and that sucks for us in the media. We need juicy drama. 100% Matt Gates all the time. We miss Trump. Let's talk about Matt Gates for another hour, you know? Well, why don't, why don't they just report on the fucking real juicy drama? It's not like nothing's going on. It's just not getting reported as much. Like, how many yeah. sexual abuse allegations does, does Andrew Cuomo have? But that's down on the down low. We're not going to say much about it, but we're going to... And rightly so, we're going to rip up Matt Gates. I love ripping up Matt Gates, but like, yeah, the inconsistency is fucking disgusting, you know. And at this point, it doesn't make a goddamn yeah. bit of difference what Joe Biden does or how good the infra- infrastructure bill is, which it really is. It doesn't matter as long as we have insurrectionists in the government that we're not doing anything about, and we fucking damn well know who each and not every one of them is. And we're not doing anything about it, and we're doing crap about climate change except for talking. You know? So, so... Yeah. yeah. So, he writes a bill to stop ghost guns, because, you know, that's what everybody was really concerned about, was ghost guns. That was the big thing, so good on you, Joe. You know... It doesn't make a difference how good it is when the next fascist president comes up and rips it all up. Yeah. And since we're not doing anything about 
fascist presidents taking over the government in 2024. What does any of it matter? Yeah. What does any of it matter? Yeah, and we have we have Republicans. We have Republicans who, when Donald Trump is throwing kids in cages, saying, you know, they're treated so nice. It's like a vacation. I would love to stay there. It's like a summer camp. Yeah. These 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 children, they're being nice. They're being treated nice. They're being taken care of. And now absolutely nothing has changed. The kids are still being locked up and being thrown yes. in cages and being separated from their parents. But the Republicans who had no trouble uh, fawning over when the president, when President Trump was doing it, are, have now suddenly magically grown a conscience now that Biden is doing it. Oh. Oh, Biden locking kids in cages, and it's just God—it's—it's it's difficult. Yes, and that's and that's completely valid. But at the same time, you have Democrats who are suddenly okay with it because he gave it a pretty yeah. sounding name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both sides are driving me absolutely insane right now. Yeah, and yeah. And, and that's why I'm just at the point, like, you know. Maybe I'll just smoke another joint because it doesn't make a fucking difference. Yeah, it, it's, we, a, it's, it's a game for fucking everybody. Yeah, and everybody's yeah. playing the game, and we're all gonna fucking die. So what difference does it make? Yeah. Anyway, twenty twenty two, the Democrats lose their majority, flat out. Probably. Okay. Yeah. The Democrats are the ones who lost us a 15 minimum wage. That is all on them. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, we're always concerned, oh, well, they're not going to get enough Republican votes. They're not going to get... They couldn't get enough Democratic votes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, they could not. It is unreal. So, and like and like it's it's really at the point like why why yeah why are we I, even talking about this shit <laughs> yeah what's anyway, the point no one's listening is, yeah anyway um I think the real question is who stole the cookie from the cookie jar yes. That was the worst line. That was the worst line in a movie filled with worse with bad lines. I don't know. I gotta go with. I'm from Texas. Well, no fucking shit. <laughs> you know, if there's one thing I've learned from movies is that if you have a character from Texas, you have to have them say "I'm from Texas" at least twenty times. Yes. That's just period. Like the hat. And the mustache and everything about you is not is not enough. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of of uh, Mystery Science Theater's Catalina Caper, where um, that kid from all the Disney movies he was visiting Catalina and he was from Phoenix and you know he's from Phoenix because that was every other line. Yeah. Wow, there's not beaches like this in Phoenix. Hey, 
we're going to go, uh, we're going to go uh, skiing. Cool. I've never gone skiing. I'm from Phoenix. Well, I like the party so far. It's not like the parties in Phoenix. Like, oh my <laughs> God, up. we know. Yeah. So this has been Matt Gates corner. It's been a lot of fun. Yes, he has. So, yes, he has. Yeah. So cut on that. Yes. We still have a whole podcast to get to. We have Bunny Versus. We have a Shap that I'm really proud of. Uh, eventually, we're going to be talking about a uh, hockey goalie named Peter that I'm really excited to discuss because I have a lot of things for him, and and he's so excited. Uh, be sure and look for more lines from the movie Money Plane throughout the podcast. And eventually, we'll be getting to the movie Money Plane, which I'm so excited to get to. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We. Hmm? We should. We should take a break. I concur. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Poop on Film after this. Do-do-do-do-do. Do 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 do. This is Johnny Carson Tonight Show. Do 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 do. Skitty bop a doo wow. And then the thing goes. my puppet. It's like a fucking teamster. Every time you turn around, he's off on a coffee break. We got a building to put up here. My name is Mr. Steve. I'm a storyteller. Hello, everybody. Mr. Steve here, and it's time for another Mr. Steve short story time. Today's story time is... We're different, we're the same, and we're all wonderful. A Sesame Street book. We're different. Our noses are different. We're the same. Our noses are the same. They breathe and sniff and sneeze and whiff. Our hair is different. Our hair is the same. It grows on us in several places. It warms our heads and frames our faces. Our mouths are different. Our mouths are the same. Their lips form the words we say, 
and smile when it's a happy day. Our skin is different. Our skin is the same. It tells us something's cold or hot or wet or dry. It knows a lot. Muscles and bones are wrapped inside it. We all have blood and skin to hide it. It keeps in warmth. It keeps out dirt. It warns us so we don't get hurt. Our eyes are different. Some of them are googly, googly eyes. Our eyes are the same. They see, they blink, they weep, they wink. Oh, remember when you could be in a movie theater like that? Our bodies are different. He used to be an imaginary friend. That's true. Our bodies are the same. They stretch and bend and work and play. They all need food and rest each day. They dance and wriggle and ride a bike. They might look different, but they're alike. Our feelings are different. Same, Telly Monster, same. Our feelings are the same. Lonely, worried, scared, excited, happy, loving, glad, delighted. I want to go to the haunted house. We're the same. We're different. That's what makes the world such fun. Many kinds of people, not just one. A rainbow would be boring if it were only green or blue. What makes a rainbow beautiful is that it has every hue. So aren't you glad you look like you? We're different. We're the same. Can you kids spot Elmo in this picture? Dude, I really like these guys. They're jamming. Pretty sure that's the Grateful Dead. Okay, I'll give you five more seconds to find Elmo. Five, four, three, two. He's right there. He's right there. You see him? This this guy, not, not, not this old woman. This guy right here. We're wonderful. The end. Yay! Well, that's today's story. Did you like that, boys and girls? Remember, we're different, we're the same, and we're all wonderful. Just because someone is a different size, a different color, a different something, doesn't mean that they're any different than you. We're different, but we're all the same. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Be sure and like and subscribe and all those things I'm supposed to say because I'm somebody on YouTube. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>
Oh, shut up, get out. She's saying mommy's cramping. Now. Minstrel cramps. She's getting tighter tighter tighter. Where the fuck is the chocolate? The pain. Menstrual cramps. The most common cause of menstrual cramps is stress. No shit. Hey, try these. Um, I would like to say something. Okay. It does when you do it right. It's your uterus. What's gonna stress. happen in the future of, of my AUs? Wanna see it? So. Don't live in pain? Call 1 800 555 and order Dr. Rod's Super Powered Vagina Balls. Just three easy payments of $59.99. Operator standing by. Order now. And then, and then, uh, and then when I do this, he's feeling the blood on it. And then there's fire. Well. <laughs> Tim's mom? Yeah. Have you seen Tim anywhere? He's not here at the studio and I'm beginning to worry. Well, 911? Hello, Queen of Germany? And I'm hungry. Actually, I'm more hungry than worried. You can forget about worried altogether. Yes, it's emergency. My friend is missing and I'm sandwichless. What, what kind of sandwich you got over there in Germany? Mom? Who the hell are you calling a brat? You make me a sandwich? I like mayonnaise on both sides of the bread. Miracle Whip? What kind of possessed hellhound are you? Sandwichless! S-A-N-D-W-I-C-H-L-E-S-S! Do you understand, motherfucker? Hello? Hello? Maybe I should call 912. It's on Tinder. Nice. No one will not let you cover me in mustard and sauerkraut, you pervert. Wait, wait, wait. Is that in Germanian dollars? Yeah. Yeah, now we're talking. Hmm. Hello. I'm the other Luke. It has been brought to my attention that there's a gentleman out there by the name of Jean. Now, Jean is very close to somebody that I know from a long, long time ago. 
is a friend of mine, and therefore Jean by de facto, we are good friends as well. And now, Jean, I shall read this for you. Rusty Cage. You wired me awake and hit me with a hand of broken nails. You tied my lead. Hmm. Let me guess. It's been Agatha all along. To watch my blood begin to boil. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break mine. I'm going to break my rusty cage and run. And the crown on one of the and a darkness crown on one of the I'm going to break my I'm going to break my I'm going I'm going to break my rusty cage. Like a cult the god that shows. It's like a Phillips head into my brain. It's going to be too dark. Oh, that's pretty serious. Cutting my teeth on bars and rusty chains. And next time. I'm going to break. I'm going to break my Oof. rusty okay. cage. I mean, sure, Darkwell has become the master of time and space, but at least we still have neckties. When the forest burns you can't manipulate neckties, like can he? God's eyes in my head lies. Yes, sorry, sorry. I'm just worried that your AU is going to start manipulating neckties. Now that Dark Wall, I'm going to break. I'm going to break. I'm going to break. I'm going He can manipulate neckties. Oh no, is my worst fear. I'm only a myth. And y'all know what else? And until next week, I'll be missing you. What? And he can shift shift. He can shift shift? Mm -hmm. And it's. And Darkwell is. Wait, he can shape shift to anything? Can he shape shift to a shirt? Can he shape shift to a shirt that is shiny? Can he shape shift to a shirt that is silver? He can shape shift to a shiny silver shirt? Yes. Literally anything you come up with. 
Nearly any he can shapeshift to a shiny silver shirt? Shocking. Nearly anything you can come up with. What about a filing cabinet? Literally anything you can think of. He can... can he shapeshift into a non-shapeshifter? Can he shapeshift into a tree? What about a mountain? Yes. What about a skyscraper? Yes. What about a planet? Yes. <sighs> Shocking. And he can shapeshift into a shiny silver shirt. Mm -hmm. Shocking. Do you know what that means? What? He can transform into a tie. <gasps> he can shapeshift into a necktie? Yeah. Because that's my biggest fear. Well, my biggest fear has always been that an evil, demonic version of my son shapeshifts into a necktie and chokes me to death. That's always been my biggest fear since I was like a kid. Now you're telling me that might be true. The mind boggles. The mind monopolies. The mind Yahtzees. Hey, Bonnie. Yes. Do 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 And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Oh, okay. Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for America's hottest podcast segment? The most desired podcast segment in 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 human history, Bunny Versus, starring the incomparable, the illustrious Bunford J. Williams the third? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you jazzed? Are you ready to do this, buddy? Are you ready? Let's do this shit. All right. Well, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. So is the hair green now? Uh, what happened was, is that, um, uh, I said, I want my hair blue, I want my hair dark blue, and my hair said, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, 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 blue. So you want the hair blue? And I'm like, yes. And my hair went, okay, yeah, 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 sure, blue, okay. Like, dark blue? And my hair said, in my hair, and I said, yes, hair. I want my hair to be dark blue. And my hair said, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. Green, no hair. Blue. I want it blue. And my hair, okay, sure, sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, blue. So green? And I'm like, no, hair. I want it blue. And my hair said, okay, we'll give you a Billie Eilish. So... Uh, so yeah, it's 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 very blue on top, but then it sort of cascades into green. The way that I see it now is I have a Loki. Okay. 
And I'm okay with that. So, I went to a uh, uh, a weed festival. A weed uh, yesterday. festival. Yeah, it was called Chronic Palooza, and nice. we went in 2019. We went there in 2019, and it was a family friendly celebration of medicinal marijuana and we went because they had doctors on site that that could uh, see you and give you the paperwork you need to to sign up for the medicinal marijuana card so we went there and that's how we got the card we got our first medicinal marijuana license at chronic palooza one and then last year they still had chronic palooza despite the fact that like there was a pandemic so we said of course we're not going it's ridiculous to go to chronic palooza in 2020 but then this year we're like hey we've been vaccinated uh we'll mask we'll double mask but like f it let's go to chronic palooza so we went to chronic palooza over the weekend and i got a few compliments from my hair and a lot of people uh uh apparently thought that i dyed my hair because i was going to a weed festival okay it's like no it was supposed to be blue but it, it, anyway thank you for the compliment i like my hair too but i but, I, I, I like your hair I like it. It is altogether me. And I like it very much. Huh? Yes, that is popcorn you smell. That's popcorn everyone smells. I, when, I, when Dad decides to make popcorn, everyone gets to smell it. It's my gift to the family. Yes, it is in the microwave. Yeah. No, because you are four. You're not getting my hot bag of, micro, of uh, microwavable popcorn. You will have to wait, okay? Okay. And I kind of thought that's what, that's what the case was, because that's just how hair dye is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm all right with it. Yeah. I like it very much. Yes, Jeannie Thank has, had, has had adventures in purple, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. But I just figured I would just, you know, just check, you know, it doesn't hurt that you haven't picked up a, a dying addiction, you know. Yeah, I like it. I like my hair. I forget that it that it's dyed, because I've never dyed my hair in my entire life, and so now I look in the mirror and I. There are times when I look at myself and just <gasps> okay, forgot about that. So that's interesting. Yes, you, you know, but just just in moderation, you know, every two yeah. weeks, like like Ramona Flowers. Let, yeah. let, let Ramona Flowers be your guide. Yeah. Okay. I'm all right with that. The thing is, is that there's a, I've got a lot of white hairs in my little beard thing here, and I've got some popping up in my mustache, and so I'm worried that people will think that I dyed my hair because I had so many white hairs coming in, but if anything, I'm upset because I've got a white hairs here and 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 here all over my face. But none on my head. And since I was a kid, I've just wanted to read Richards. Yes. 
wanted a Doctor Strange, but no hey, no white hairs on my head at all, and it's upsetting. I've got some here. I've got some on my arm, on my other arm. I've got some up my nose, but none want to grow on my whole head, and it pisses me off. Yeah. It pisses me off. But I'm worried that some people will think that I dyed my hair because I'm getting to that age. But no, I'm not. And it, it upsets me greatly. It, it just all kind, kind of reminds me what I haven't thought about in a while. What I've wanted to do is, like, starting from, like, the corner of my mouth and then going down the beard in each yeah. corner, just a long strip. Blood red. No, we're not going outside. Blood red. Nice. That would look good. So it always looks like I've just finished feeding. Yeah. <laughs> so I got my second shot. And really, why not? It's not like I go out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I went to go see uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, and it's the number one movie. It beat Tenet, which was the one thing that I wanted. Yes. Because Tenet was like Christopher Nolan comes out, and he's like, hey, I know that all movie theaters have closed down, but you all have to open again because my movie Tenet will be the biggest film ever that will save Hollywood and end the coronavirus. And then it didn't, and then it just helped to... It just hurt movie theaters even more. And so now Godzilla vs. Kong has come out and did for movie theaters what Tenet said it was going to. And, 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 and I find it in. It just makes it so much better because Christopher Nolan is just one of those head up his own ass kind of guys. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm Chris Nolan. And it's like, yeah, no, you're not. Who fucking cares? <coughs> yeah. I, <coughs> I still haven't so seen it. So it makes it just that just much don't... more delicious. Yeah. I still haven't seen Tenet. I haven't wanted to. I haven't felt like it. I don't see why I should, I just don't care to. I just do not care to watch Tenet. And that's fine. Yeah. It just feels like Inception 2 The Dark World. Yes. <laughs> so I'm fine with that. Uh, I got my second shot and it knocked me the F out. Yeah. Made me feel horrible. And then when I started feeling bad, just got into this deep, dark pit of depression where I just didn't want to do anything or go anywhere. Or just it's so, so it's been difficult, but I'm starting to feel better. I'm, it's starting to get to the point where, where, where like, like I went to go see the doctor for the first time in like years. And the doctor put me on depression medication, and the doctor said that, like, here's some medication. Take it once a day. It'll take about three weeks to kick in. And it's like, it, like that's going to be a difficult-ass three weeks for me. Yeah. 
You know, waiting for the medicine to kick in, that's difficult. That's a long time. Three weeks is just a long time. And it's been difficult this this whole time where I'm super depressed. But I still got two weeks to go before I apparently start feeling better. But I think I'm starting to feel better. And so that's good. And I'm really psyched and pumped and jazzed for this week and uh, got a, a, a shap that I'm really proud of. And probably I have too much about this week's movie. Really? Okay. I have a surprising amount of, of stuff for this movie. You know? Yeah. And I'm not going to talk about it. Like... Grammar got paid. Cause that's what I really want to know. Uh, uh, they they originally wanted Kelsey Grammer to be the bad guy, but then also, like said, we would love for Kelsey Grammer to be in it. He's not gonna, though. But let's ask him first. And Kelsey Grammer said yes. But the thing is, Kelsey Grammer looks like the only person having fun in this week's movie. Okay, but it's also that like- it's Kelsey Grammer is also pretty much he like came in and did a day on this movie, you know. And then knowing and then knowing the budget that they had for this movie, <coughs> and knowing the constraints that they had from this for this movie, and knowing the problem that they had with sets and yada yada yada, I wouldn't be surprised if that was just Kelsey Grammer's backyard. Oh no! Oh God! Of course. Or if you know, it was uh, for... the director's house, you know, right, we, it's we, one of those. We we should save it, or I'm going off. <laughs> I know, I know. There's just it, it, I've I've sprinkled money playing throughout this entire yeah. podcast. Thanks for making me feel alive. I fold. <laughs> me yeah. personally, I don't really have too terribly much to say. Uh, uh, I got a toenail ripped off by a podiatrist because it kept growing in weird. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so it, it was one of those things that, like, because it's a toenail, so, like, it just really freaked me out. It, like, really terror, yeah. you know, really, like, terrified me. I'm, he's going to take my toenail off. And I know, rationally, this is fine. This is completely fine. But from an anxiety level, I would have been much more comfortable with him cutting off the toe. You know? Just because toenails... Yeah. and uh, There's something freaky about that. Yeah. But anyway, that happened. I... It, um... Howard Stern had a short-lived late-night show when I was growing up, like on NBC or something at like 2 in the morning or something like that. And my brother would record it and watch it all the time, and he just loved Howard Stern, my brother did. And I remember watching one episode which was focused entirely on one of the characters on the show going to the podiatrist to get a toenail removed. Yeah. And they showed the entire thing and I just and 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 I just vividly remember this weird thing 
from the Howard Stern show. And the podiatrist said, oh, don't worry, it'll grow back. And then, like, they show a year later and he still just has this gap yeah. where nothing has grown back. And so when you say that you went to the doctor to have a toenail removed, I feel like I have seen that. Because yes. I have. Yeah. They, just, they just yank it. I find myself uh, holding my toenails right now, which is interesting. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was doing it until just now. Other than that, I, um, I'm just working on Dabney. Coming along. So Coming there, along. there are three more episodes left for the Pope's Hyper Hyperactive Fun Time show. Yes. So I want to have episodes of Dabney ready for then. Or I'll just okay. rerun them. Just run them all yeah. through once. Reruns. But, but we'll see. His lip sync did not turn out very well at all moving over to the next program. So I'm yeah. trying something else that I hope will be better. But we'll see. Okay. We'll see. I cool. really gotta I really gotta dig into this OBS software a little more. For some reason yeah. the sound didn't turn off on the last break. I don't oh, know awesome. why. Huh? So, so you so everybody just heard my son's AU? Yes. <laughs> the break? Oh that's hilarious. Maxwell Maxwell, there was some there was some problem during the break, and everyone heard everything that we were talking about. Usually the audio is cut off, but this time the audio stayed on during the break, so everybody heard us talking about the, the about uh, the shapeshifter shapeshifting into uh, shiny silver shirts. That's awesome. <laughs> That, that's what I wanted to happen. I may have manifested yeah. that. Maybe. Yeah. That's wonderful. Maybe, because I was all set up. I was waiting to go. I was waiting for you to start doing this with your hands. And yeah. click OK, audio's off, switch the screens. Hmm. But for some reason, the audio didn't actually shut off. Yeah, that might have been my psychic mind power. So... It is powerful, my psychic mind power. So, sorry. But there's, anyway. there's got to be a way in this software. I just got to dig a bit. Um, yeah. To set up a couple of macros and just have a couple of buttons, you know? So I just click on that yeah. button, and it turns off the sound and flips to the next screen. Because that's all that needs to happen. Yeah. But that's about it for that. I think we're both straining at the leash. Uh, we we yeah. raped Matt Gates, so that that was a good thing. Uh, yeah. Gee, I've kind of lost track how many racial killings there have been, and how many mass shootings oh, there have been since our last show. 
Oh my god. Yeah. It's there's been a lot. Yeah. There's been a lot. Yeah. The only thing that's gotten me through this very dark time has been going to Sam's Club and putting for rectal use only stickers on products. <laughs> That has been the only thing that has brought me joy. How much of that stuff of that time is spent in the produce aisle? Uh, I actually, I actually brought five stickers with me, and I took a picture of each thing. So I put a for rectal use only on a hose reel cart. I don't even know what that is. I think it's a cart that you use to wrap a garden hose around. Yeah. Um, advanced liquid hand sanitizer. That's really going to confuse someone. Yeah. Um, a California crunchy roll that looked very long and phallic. And I put one on the gas pump. Okay. So, so this is my new thing. It really makes shopping different when you bring a sheet of stickers that say for rectal use only. It's amazing how going to a Walmart becomes an entirely new thing. Honey, this sounds like right up your alley, too. Well, I was going to say, I, I've been known to turn a pineapple upside down cake mix upside down. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. You really are looking for things now. And not only are you pushing your shopping cart looking for the things that you need, but you're also like... Uh, where, where do you get those... Cards? No. Where, where do you get those stickers? Um, super cheap on Amazon. My, uh, my family... My family got me a, a whole roll of them for uh, my birthday. A nice. massive roll and for for like a couple of bucks. Directly <laughs> use only. And so, nice. so if my, whenever my wife is like, okay, we need to stop at the store and get this, I'm like, okay, let me just rip off like five or six of these. Nice. And I'm gonna come with you, and it, it makes shopping so much more fun. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Highly recommend. Yes. I will look into that. That sounds like a lot of fun. We might have to check out Amazon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah, this is so much fun. This is the best. Oh, I will definitely check So it it So it also makes it more fun to go to places that I don't necessarily like going to. So now it's like, yes, honey, I would like to go to the garden section of Lowe's this afternoon. Right. Yes. Yes, I do want to go to Home Depot. Yes, let's go to a hardware. Let me just get six, no, maybe ten of these stickers. Now I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, baby. I'm gonna, honey, I'm going to go look at the rakes for a little bit. Uh, I'll be back. So, a lot of fun. So much fun. But now, and it's not one thing to consider, okay... Is yep. that if this becomes known, if people start noticing for rectal use only stickers popping up on strange things, 
you may become known as the Rectal Bandit. Ooh. I love that. I'm already I'm already making the the business cards. <laughs> Steve Galindo, children's storyteller, rectal bandit. Then I probably make different cards for Mr. Steve and the rectal bandit. Right. Now that I now that I say it out loud, it doesn't sound that great. <laughs> Oh, here's another bit. Here's another bit I should have put in Act 1. Uh, the Arizona Lottery's logo used to be a little minor. like, And he's he he's holding a pickaxe in one hand, and in the other hand he's holding his gold nugget that he just found, and he's jumping in the air all happy. And that was the logo for the Arizona Lottery throughout the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. And then in the somewhere in the 2000s, after I had moved, they waited until I left. They changed the logo of the Arizona Lottery, so it now just says Arizona Lottery, and there's no more minor jumping up in the air. And so I saw some article on Twitter, and I and I wrote, I miss the minor logo, and someone, some rando just wrote underneath that, uh, somewhere Matt Mates' ears are twitching. What? Because uh, I miss the minor. Minor? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought that was funny. Yes. I thought that was funny. I don't know who, I don't remember who tweeted that, but I thought that was cute. Minor? <laughs> yeah. Should have put that in the other segment, but that's fine. Bring me my money! Yes. Bunny, are you fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? I am the baddest motherfucker on the planet! I am Steve Galindo the third. Now bring me my money! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. we're straining at the leash, so let's cut this short. Let's get us yeah. some chap on. Yes. Or get some chap on us. Nice coating yeah. of chap. And get to this movie that that we're, we're just straining at the leash Waiting to get for. to. Waiting for. Yes. Okay. You know, I mean... It's got to be saying something when Edge is not the worst actor in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So until uh, next week, yeah. this is Bunny Williams saying, self-adhesive tape? Yes, please. Where's my money? Where's my money? And cut on that. And cut on that. Bunny! Yes! If you like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays? Uh, but only real fans, true hardcore fans who have been with us since the beginning, uh, back when we were a radio show. Yes. <laughs> uh, would know a two things about A radio us. show, because we were innovators. Yeah. yeah. Uh, only people who've been with us since the beginning would know two undeniable facts about the both of us. Two undeniably really real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us. America's hottest will they or won't they couple. The next Sam and Diane, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you're not doing the podcast, you teach children. Bunny, 
why did teaching call to you, and what is it you've been teaching your students lately? Um, because just as a country, we've got to do better. Um, mm. we have just—I mean, talk about I, dumbing down is is no longer a theory. We have been dumbed down. So, you know, children are our future. The only way we're going to climb out of this uh, and and become the nation that we should be again is by educating her uh, our children. Uh, so because of that, I am teaching them competitive quail throwing. Nice. The sport of kings. Yes. Yes. You know, so... so it, it, It's a fine ancient tradition, so, you know, I get to teach a little bit about history. Um, it, you know, there's, there's a certain geometry and mathematics that it takes in actually throwing your quail, you know, and yeah. there is a a certain um, Republican Party sensibility when you snap the quail's wings before throwing it, or you know, or else they'll just fly away. They're fucking birds, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's cruelty involved as well, you know. And that's going to yeah. be important coming into the next Mad Max future that we're coming to. You know, they're, they're going to be able. Yeah. They're going to need that skill. They're going to need a yeah. certain amount of good. knowledge about torturing small animals. Good, good, good. Uh, while you were saying that, the edibles started kicking in. So, uh, so that's exciting. Yes. Like, you can see it happen. And, <laughs> and now, on the other side, throughout that entire story, it happened instantly, and now the rest of the podcast is going to be very exciting. Uh, and the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this portion of the show is find a story from the history books Maybe one that people don't know too, too, too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling panache. And that's where we are. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations! Dun, 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 or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. It's short, but it's powerful. It's the Barry B. Benson of podcast segments. Anywho, this week on the old shapity shap shap, we will be discussing hockey and the unlikely career of NHL goaltender David Ayres. A-Y-R-E-S. I'm just oh. going to air. I'm just going to I'm just gonna say David Ayers. Okay. This will, be, this will be the longest chap. This won't be the funniest chap. But it's a good one. And I really like it. 
Now, this is about hockey, about professional hockey, and the the NHL, the National Hockey League, and full disclosure, I know jack squat about hockey, or sports in general, for that matter. I'm a guy, but I'm not that kind of guy. I think I wear too many skirts to care about any professional sports. Okay. Is a safe way to explain that. Um, Now, my wife... Natasha has recently gotten into hockey and the NHL, and she loves her team is the Seattle Krakens. I don't remember exactly how or why she's into hockey now, but knowing my wife, it's probably because of something gay. My wife has now appeared in front of me. I I did not tell her that I was writing her into the intro of Shep. You have summoned me. Why did you get into hockey? Was it it because of that comic strip about the gay hockey players? Oh, my God, that was so adorable, and I still haven't finished it because I'm sad and I don't want it to end. But, no. Um, Because that's just a cute little comic, and it's adorable, and there's pie. Also, actually, was there a gay player? Like, why did you get into no, hockey? The story itself was wrong, bro. Vinny and being gay, but no. Um, Ashley, Ashley is a hockey fan. She plays hockey. She's okay, from okay. Like, so a friend of yours is a hockey fan, and she, well, and she knows how to get me. And they yes, got you, into right? Hockey. They got me with a hook uh, yep. because. Braden Holby is a very big supporter of the LGBT community. Ah, so a player is a supporter of the LGBTQ community. I knew it was something gay-related. Him and his wife would go to the Pride events in Pittsburgh and D.C. all the time, and he'd wear the Caps like shirt for gay pride. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's super awesome. He was in the news most recently. Well, probably forgetting. He probably has COVID. I don't know. But he was the one that went to Vancouver. Oh. He couldn't get his turtles across the border. And somebody is, has called him Turtle Boy in the news. And I'm like, really? He couldn't go with something else. Why, don't, why didn't he just sneak his turtles in illegally? Johnny Depp style. <laughs> Remember Johnny Depp? He, he like went to Australia or something and he brought his two dogs and then Australia threatened to kill his dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Because Australia is focused on the important parts of uh, running a country. Killing uh, Jack Sparrow's anyway, dogs. But then they had to go and announce the Seattle Kraken. And, like, come and that on, gotcha and that, because tentacles. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, since I'm talking about Canada and hockey, will you get me a Labatt's Blue? I just thought that was a really good idea. I've got, like, 50 different beer koozies. From uh, we got a lot of free stuff from the weed convention. Nice. Uh, Lotus Gold marijuana dispensary. I'm using the Origin. Uh, I'm gonna use Emerald Alley Dispensary and Farms. I'm currently using. <laughs> okay, there you go. Origin Boom. extracts. Okay, so I'm drinking Canadian beer during this chat. It fits. That's good. Okay. Uh. So David Ayers, regular guy, born in Ontario, Canada, and like many Canadianites, 
or Canadians, as I believe they like to be called. David Ayers dreamed of playing professional hockey, like so many people, dreaming of being a professional hockey player. So when he was a kid, he grew up as a youth playing youth ice hockey. Oh, I'm sorry. Youths. Youths. I didn't like my cousin Vinny, but I will say youths until the day I die. And that's <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> and, uh, he, he grew up playing a youth ice hockey and going to ice hockey camps, which is apparently a thing. And then when he got older, he started playing in, in Allen Cup hockey. And the Allen Cup Hockey League is basically Little League for adults. So, like, imagine that in America there was Little League and then also Big League for the drunk parents of all the Little Leaguers. So there's uh, youth hockey and then there's adult youth hockey, like an unprofessional organization of various teams throughout Canada that, that play against each other. And, and he's a goalie. And so he's doing, he's playing unprofessional hockey, but he still dreams of one day making the time. But then in 2004, David Ayers gets sick, really sick. Turns out he's in kidney failure and he needs a new kidney. And his mom, Mama Ayers, donates a kidney to her son and so he survived now he has a new kidney but he's not at a hundred percent and then after that he got skin cancer and then he beat skin cancer and then he got skin cancer again skin cancer to the reckoning yeah and so so david Ayers recovers from all of that from two bouts of skin cancer and kidney failure and a kidney transplant and he's like he sadly, tragically, gives up his dreams of being a professional hockey player because no one is going to ever allow a mid-30s, early-40s guy with kidney problems and uh, reoccurring bouts of skin cancer to be on an NHL team. So David Ayers gives up his dream of NHL hockey stardom and gets a small-time job at the Rico Coliseum. That's the home of the Toronto Marlies. Yeah, the Toronto Marlies. Well, I'm just thinking, Uh, you really, I mean, for the kidney alone, you wouldn't want him, you wouldn't want him on a hockey team. You know, especially since it's mom's kidney. Like, like everybody's getting ready and, and like, all of a sudden, the kidney starts saying, "Oh, okay, you, you, where's your helmet? Where's your helmet? Put your helmet on." And and you, are oh, you really great. going out to play looking like that? Okay, uh, honey, you 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 made me uh, second guess myself, so I checked really quick. I binged it. I Microsoft binged it. Toronto has two teams. They have the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto Marlies. I don't know what a Marley is. I know what Marley and me is, but I don't know what Toronto. Oh, I I, I just remembered a segment we're going to get to in, in a little bit, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, speaking of team names, I'm very excited to get there. We'll get there in a second. Okay. Um, so... Uh, David Ayers gets a job at the Rico Coliseum. 
and uh, he's a maintenance man. He's not technically a Zamboni driver, but his job occasionally calls for some ice resurfacing with an ice resurfacing machine. But yeah, basically, he's a maintenance man who also uh, drives the Zamboni and eventually the coach for the Toronto Marlies. The F is a Marley. Okay. The the coach for the Toronto Marlies finds out that David Ayers did some goalie work previously. So during practice, they would occasionally get the maintenance man and use him as a practice goalie. But that's it. That's it. And then and then the Toronto Maple Leafs, who also sometimes use the team, would be like, oh, you've got a guy, you use him as a goalie? Okay, I'll bring him in and uh, we'll, we'll use him for practice too. So he's getting very close to his dream, but at this time he's in his 40s. Yeah. He's not in the best health. He's a little bit out of shape, but he, he's, he's very close to his dream, but still oh so far. Because it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a practice goalie occasionally, but that's it. You know, this is as close as I'm ever going to get because now I'm like 41. I'm like 42 years old. He's a cancer survivor, a kidney uh, transplant survivor. Like no one would ever actually use me on a team. For some Cut. reason, for some reason, I keep picturing Chris Farley. Oh my god. That's amazing. Okay. Put a pin on that, okay? okay. Put a pin on he imagined uh Chris Farley when I'm telling this story. Put a pin on that, okay? Okay. That is fascinating that you got there. So cut to February twenty second, twenty twenty, right before the fit hit the shan as far as the coronavirus happens. Um the Rico Coliseum, now called the Coca-Cola Coliseum, it is an NHL match between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's an intense game. And during the game, Carolina Hurricanes goalie James Remmer is injured. And the, the Carolina Hurricanes coach says, ah, oh, that's okay. Hey, don't worry. That's why we have a backup goalie. Go get him, Peter. <laughs> His name is Peter Mrazek. That's P-E-T-R. So in my mind, I've given Peter so much life while writing this because it's not Peter I'm Peter. I'm a good American. Do you want to go to the new cutlery barn on 4th Street? No, it's P-E-T-R. So in my mind, the backup goalie is, uh... Okay, first we stop puck. Then we eat puck. Eating puck makes you strong like bear. So the... Eating, eating puck is good. Much better than beets in Homeland. The backup goalie may have the microfilm. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, he's just such a rich character. And such a rich character. Have you, uh, I'm sorry, Peter, do you have uh, uh, any previous uh, hockey experience? No, but in my home country, I oftentimes have to run on ice to avoid bear. Yes. And it's like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll make you a goalie. 
so in my mind, Peter is just just so good that like, excuse me, coach, I see much ice on floor. Can I bring some back to my wife and children? <laughs> uh, Olga, we eat good tonight. I bring home ice from arena. It's so much better than eating pucks. So I just, I'm a fan of, of Peter Mrazek in my head. Huge Peter fan. So uh, Peter, it's not Peter, it's Peter. Yeah. Uh, Carolina's substitute goalie. He goes out there. He substitutes for James Reimer. And soon, our man Peter is also injured. So, oh, no, Peter hurt. Peter, go back to Havel, to my fat wife. She take care of me. She feed me beets. <laughs> so, Peter is hurt. And uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, they're a long way from home. If this was a home game for the Carolina Hurricanes, they could probably find someone to substitute. But they're in uh, Canada. Yeah. They're they're in Canada, deep in the heart of uh, Canadian country, and they're like, "Oh my God, we are screwed. We need a goalie, and we need one fast, or else we forfeit the game." And I'd like to pause for a second because you probably already know where this chef is headed. So I want to go in a slightly different direction. The team is named the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. Bunny, there is an NHL team in Colorado. Do you know the name of the NHL team in Colorado? The Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche. You you can't live here and not know people in their hometown like like we need to rename the Florida Panthers the Florida mess <laughs> let's just start renaming all of the NHL teams uh, and all of the names will just be things that could kill you if you were there no Canada but maybe like the maple leaves fall from the sky and go into the throats of children and kill them Possibly. and that's why they're maple leaves because the maple leaves are killing people like I think it's kind of effed up that it's like uh like uh oh a deadly deadly hurricane swept through Carolina killing 84 people now it's time to cheer for our hurricanes as they fight the Toronto Maple Leafs this Saturday at the Rico Coliseum you know like like weird that and that there are NHL teams out there that are names after ways to kill people. You know, it's morbid, is what I think. Oh, well, the this Arizona is where you need, Coyotes. This is where you need the California Forest Fires to step up their game. Uh, the you're talking about the uh, NHL team, the Los Angeles Kings. I have already changed them. They are now the LA Drivebys. <laughs> I went through some of the names. The Arizona Coyotes are now the Arizona Heat Strokes. The Florida Panthers are now the Florida Mess. This was the hardest one for me. The New York Rangers are now the New York Fall and Slip to Your Death during a drunken rooftop party. <laughs> I had a hard time with that one. Anyway, that's just an idea. We need to go through 
the uh, NHL teams and just rename all of them. Anywho, you probably already know where this story is going. David Ayer made history in February of 2020, and I think this would have been a bigger story if shortly after this, everyone started getting sick and dying. But... Damn, David Ayer is the oldest goaltender in NHL history to win their regular season debut. With David Ayer's help, the Carolina Hurricanes won 6-3, and David Ayer managed to stop 8 out of 10 shots. And that is fascinating for a 42-year-old man with kidney problems and skin cancer. Yes. This is a fascinating story that just some regular freaking schlub maintenance Zamboni driver accidentally ended up making his NHL debut for Carolina of all places uh-huh. and now the hot and now the hockey stick that he used is uh, in the NHL Hall of Fame. He was named the star of the game, and the governor of North Carolina, Roy Cooper, made Ayers an honorary citizen of North Carolina. In Raleigh, North Carolina, February 25th is David Ayers Day, and just this... Yeah. And just this past February... Uh, Disney announced that they are working on a movie of David Ayer's story, and it looks like it's going to be starring James Corden. Really? So when you said, I'm imagining Chris Farley, I'm like, you're not far off. Because it looks like they're getting, like, a big, huge, comedic schlub. Yes. The star in the David Ayers movie, whatever it's going to be called. But, yeah, Uh, David Ayers, regular guy and also hockey legend. I know I say this a lot at the end of Shaps, but, uh, damn it, I am surprised that more people do not know this story. This but, do is you, but do you? In in doing shaps, do you get the point where you feel like I better stop researching this before it goes horribly wrong? You know, like like if you dig a little deeper, and and it's just like David Ayers, Grand Wizard. If this happened in America, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that it happened in Canada, there's less of a chance. Yeah. But yeah, I imagine this happened in America. Yeah. <coughs> uh, oh, uh, uh, Mark Henry Johnson became the first Ku Klux Klan member to ever be an NHL goaltender. But no, <coughs> uh, you random guy from Canada, there's less a chance that he's going to be a total nut job like that. Three manslaughter charges. Yeah. And I love this story. And I love Shap in general. Let me tell you why, Bunny. 
Any good podcast has three critical parts. First, you need a great team. Secondly, you need a proper film to watch. And lastly, there's no Pope on film without uh, shaps and weeds. That's correct. Yeah. I was really worried at the beginning of this week's movie that, like, oh, crap, is there going to be narration through all of this? <laughs> but no, it's beginning so that that was like phew here's another few denise richards is hardly in this week's film i consider that a positive but we're gonna save that anywho that well, was it how she looked was Steve- another positive i'll get there too yeah okay so uh that's it for this week's chap be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's historic <coughs> approximation! And cut on that. Bunny! Yes. Bunny! Yes. We still have a movie to discuss. We need to talk about Edge. We need to talk about Nicolas Cage. We need to talk about Bill and Ted 3. We need to talk about the TV show Blossom! Uh, but before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Poop on Film after this. Do 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 and break. This puppet is twisted. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilistic Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilistic Be kind to say that that's why I lose it Everything's fine.
I'll show you the tool that's most important for our survival. A fair warning. It's my penis. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. In the jungle, the great jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. <laughs> 
wonder who else I can call. Hello? Hey. Sound cute. What's your name? Nancy? Oh, hi, Nancy. Stand by your window so I can see you. You sound a million miles away. Oh, I'm sorry, hon. I'm not allowed to have windows uh, court order. So, um, you sound kind of foxy. Uh, if it's not too personal, when was the last time you had sex? Coming up on the seventh day. It's okay, I checked in. It's the record's 11. Listen, I know who he is. Uh, you know who, who what is? The killer. What killer? What the hell are you battling about? And if he gets me, I'm pretty sure you're next. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what kind of shit are you getting me into, Pumpkin? Just give me some help nailing the guy when I bring him out. What are you babbling about? My dream. What? <laughs> if I can't, then you can all relax because it's just a case of me being nuts. Yeah, and for, and for some reason, this is really turning me on. Good. Then you won't mind cold-cocking this guy when I bring him out. What? <laughs> you heard me. I grab the guy in my dream. You see me struggling, so you wake me up. We both come out, you whack the fucker, and we got him. Um, Pumpkin, please, please explain to me what you mean by whacked. Just meet me at my porch at midnight. Oh, and meanwhile, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Okay, Pumpkin, you're freaking me out, but for some reason I'm also finding you very attractive. So, uh, how about you and me be girlfriend and boyfriend, huh? happened this week. Go back to the movie. Dr. Frankenstein was my father. But you can call me whatever you want. As long as it's not Oh! Idiot monster! Idiot monster! See you next week. You a gambling man, Jack? Not anymore. Once a gambling man, always a gambling man. Let's go, let's go! You bet everything you had. Toss up a coin. One side. You, your family, live the life they always dreamed of. On the other side, you lose everything. You owed a lot of money to some very bad people. So I bought your debt. Now you're gonna have to repay me that debt. Can we just get to the job? It's a legend in the underworld. To those in the know, it's the money plane. A bulletproof casino in the sky, untouchable by any government agency. Whatever you want to wager on, the money plane has you covered. Russian roulette. Or it is they carry up to a billion on board in crypto and millions in cash. I want to 
of you and your crew to take down the house. That's insane. Yeah. Heck, might even be a good time. Now, without further ado, sit back, relax, and prepare for takeoff. There's control of the cockpit. You're dead! Your families are all dead! You, your crew, and everyone you ever met! Dead! By the time you touch down! Now bring me my money! People always think that I do that because I'm the Mexican. And we're back <laughs> with more of the Pope on with? film. Nice. Um. So it's Act Three. What? It is Act That's three. what we're doing right now. It's the thing called Act Three. It's uh, yeah, it's Act Three. It's a thing. You might uh, you might notice. Hey, Steve is not uh, starting the movie discussion in the way that he normally does. Well, uh, Bunny. Rules were meant to be fucked. <laughs> I love this movie. Okay. Uh, three money! At three! At three! Yes, funny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to hitch up our horses and gallop along into the third and final act of the show. And for those of you not in the know, the third act is wherein we finally eventually get around to discussing our all-new extra strength, all-organic, GMO-free, lightweight, durable, and available now on four LPs or three cassettes. So order now. Movie of the week and this week we watch a film that somehow inexplicably does not star Nicolas Cage yes a movie that both came out in 2020 and also somehow miraculously represents 2020 Edge Frazier and one of the Punishers star in the 2020 film Money Plane Yes. And I, I I highly recommend the website theringer.com. They're just very good at writing long form stories, long form articles so you can read. They just wrote a really good detailed one 
about the making of Kids in the Hall Brain Candy. Yeah. Because it's the, I think, the 25th anniversary of the release of that film. So they wrote like a detailed look at the movie, and there was a lot in there. And they also wrote last year the oral history of Money Plane. Okay. really great look at uh, how this movie got made. Apparently they went to uh, Kelsey Grammer first, not expecting him to say yes, and he said yes because he was the only one who really saw this film for what it was, and it's like, oh, I'm going to play a bad guy. I'm going to play a mustache-twirling villain. That's great. I'm never. They never let me play those. Yeah, I'll say yes. That's going to be fun. And then they went to Edge second... And apparently the reason why Edge said okay to this was because they said we already signed Kelsey Grammer. And apparently a year before they went to Edge and said money plane edge's mom died and it really hurt him on a personal level. And her favorite actor was a Kelsey Grammer. So Edge said, I have to say yes to this movie because this is my dead mother sending me a message from heaven. Okay, can I, can I tell you? Okay. Why do you feel personally attacked by that, honey? You said his mother died and... He was having a hard time personal. Yeah. No shit. His mom died. Yeah. He had a hard time yeah. to get personal. Yeah. I kind of feel like you're attacking me. I wasn't attacking you. You are a rock. You are an island. I got a rock. I got a rock. So what wars are you going to get into? I'm going to get into a war in Germany. I'm going to get into a war... In Vietnam. What did you get, George Bush? I got a rock. <laughs> I'm glad that you knew where I was going with that. I appreciate that. Uh, yes, a movie. Okay. Two decades. Before we get into it, just an FYI, Edge the Wrestler retired from wrestling in 2011 due to severe neck problems. And he went into acting, and he didn't have a The Rock career. Uh, He didn't even have a Batista career, but he didn't do horribly because he did star in the Sci-Fi Channel series Haven. Well, he didn't star. He was in the sci-fi channel series Haven for a number of years, I think like six years. And then he starred in the Canadian, he starred in a Canadian cop comedy show for two seasons. And he was also a reoccurring character in the last couple of seasons of the show Vikings, which I remember people talking about. So he did have a career in acting. Yeah. Um, When I talk about Edge, I'm talking about Money Plane star Adam Copeland. He he came back to the WWE in 2020, and in 2021, he won the Royal Rumble, and just a few, like two weeks ago, he main-evented WrestleMania 37, and I'm sorry, but... 
in my mind and in my heart, Adam Copeland came back to the WWE because money plane bombs so bad. I don't have <laughs> proof of that. I have zero proof of that, but in my mind and in my heart, he's once he did Money Plane, he went, fuck, what am I doing with my life? I have to start going through tables again. Uh-huh. And it's like, God damn it, this movie sucks so bad. Maybe I can fall off of ladders a few more times. <laughs> so that's the way it went in my head. Now, before we, again, before we get into it, um, I would just like to read for a little bit from Money Plane's Wikipedia page. Um, under production, and I love this, <coughs> the project's low budget and rushed schedule frequently <coughs> required director Lawrence to improvise and to adjust shooting based on which sets were available. Quote... We were literally building the plane set while we were shooting. We picked corners of the set that were built and shot in those corners. We had to do that all the time, he said. And I think it's so adorable that the director of Money Plane thinks that we, the viewers, didn't already know that. Yes. Because that shit's obvious. Anywho, Money Plane. What can be said about this week's film that Adam Copeland hasn't already said while crying to his therapist? <laughs> Bunny, what are your thoughts on this week's film? It, again, is a solid meh. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. But it's bad enough that it's worth some laughs. This is one of those films where uh, my older brother is a tyrant and uh, an asshole and piece of shit, but also he's family, and if he showed up here tomorrow, then we'd have a bunch of beers and hang out and talk about the past and have a good time. And he'd be like, hey, let's watch a fucking movie. And i go, have you seen Money Plane? <laughs> and we'd just get drunk and a little bit high, and we'd watch Money Plane, and we'd have a fun time, because it's just the right amount of shit. This is a horrible movie, but it's a horrible movie that, like, it's, it's like the anti-Snakes on a Plane, because Snakes on a Plane got so much hype that once it came out, everyone's like, oh, this is a piece of shit. But this is just a piece of shit that came out and is now earning hype because of how bad it is. Yes. Yes. It, like, it's, it, right, it's like if it's, they tried just a little harder across the board, you know? Yeah. This probably could have been a good movie. Yeah. But it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Because no, every no, aspect it's, of it's, it failed. Just, it just, it's just below par. You know, it's like in right mind, under there, but it's everything. It's the fucking music. It's the screenplay. It's the acting. It's the camera work. It's, it's everything that is subpar. The music is so bad. It's like, what am I watching? Critters 2? Mm-hmm. 
like watching Hobgoblins? That is... Like, who scored this? John Rad? <laughs> like, it's got just random scenes of Money Plane and just added the opening love theme to uh, Dangerous Men. Then there wouldn't be that much of a difference. Oh, that was a fun movie. That was if a fun you, time. Oh, the fun time. If you think that the key to having a good plan A is having a good plan B. You suck at plan A's. Yeah. Yeah. You have a good plan A. You shouldn't have to go to your plan B. And then Edge is like, team, just remember, be alert, be prepared, be ready. And it's like, okay, that's the same fucking thing. <laughs> you just... You just took three times to explain one thing. Okay, <laughs> sure. Um, Bunny, this shouldn't be that hard, but can you explain the oh-so-intricate uh, plot of the film Money Plane for our viewers? Okay. So Edge is some kind of big-time thief. And he, ha he yes. has to do this job for Kelsey Grammer because Kelsey Grammer thought that the guy who wasn't good enough to steal a painting was the guy to choose to steal the money from the money plane. The much bigger job. So he hires Edge to steal yeah. the money uh, from, the, from the money plane because... He failed to steal the painting for Kelsey Grammer previously. Pretty you much, figure yeah. it out. Okay, I'm, it should be apparent the problem's there. But anyway, uh, he does the job. We get to see that he has a family. Uh, he um, pulls his little team together. There's a shootout somewhere. And then they're on the money plane. The money plane is like a flying casino um, that nobody really shows up to because, like, there was no one there. It wasn't a casino. Uh, where you can bet yeah. on anything. And there was some very strange wagering, like a man against cobra, man against alligator, things like this. And yes. Texas Hold'em. So, uh... Yeah. And then they're going to rob the plane, and, and, like, that's basically it. They, they, they rob the plane. Kelsey Kramer double-crossed them because he owned the painting the whole time or some strange shit like that. And... What? They get to keep the money. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the intricate plot of money playing. A guy got a, got so, to take a shoe to the eye. Yes, yes, yes. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. <laughs> so this movie represents a lot to me. This movie came out summer 2020. 
a summer which should have been dominated by James Bond, Ghostbusters, The Minions, Black Widow, Fast and the Furious, and more. They were gonna release a Bob's Burgers movie for shit's sake! (laughs) Instead, due to the ongoing coronavirus, we got The New Mutants. Borat 2 Electric Boogaloo, Meryl Streep rapping in the musical Prom, Tenet, Artemis Fowl, and Edge and Frazier starring in Money Plane. And and 2020 upset me because uh, uh, movie theaters opened up and they said, hey, come back to the movies. And it's like, yeah, I'll go back to the movies when there's shit to see. I'm not risking my life for Bill and Ted 3. Yes. No. Like, I'm not going to risk my life to see War with Grandpa or Vince Vaughn's teen horror comedy. Like, what movies are coming out? The the quality, you are saying, come back to the movie theaters, but it's summer 2020, and the quality of the movies are absolute shit. And so that's what this film just represented to me. Like, I want to go back to movies, but uh, in my mind, 2020... Movies are money play. Yes. This is just what movies signify to me. Like, call me when good shit comes out. So in my mind, yeah, money plane is just Hollywood in 2020. This is uh, a good look at the type of films that were that that ended up coming out. It, it, Hollywood in 2020 is money play. Imagine if. Uh, Imagine if that line. Maybe you're just a little bitch. Yeah. To represent Republicans. Yeah. Hey, Ted Cruz. Maybe you're just a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And uh, and I'm really uh, pretty convinced that Kelsey Grammer only did a day on this movie. Okay, because yeah, you're probably. 50% 50% of the movie, he is alone on the phone. Yeah. And in yeah. other scenes where it's him and Edge, you don't see them in the same shot. <laughs> I think the first scene with him and Edge may be an exception. But other than that, you don't see Edge and Kelsey Grammer in the same shot together. Because they weren't yeah. there on the same day. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely weren't there. Maybe maybe they met for the first time at the premiere, which I'm assuming was in room 18 of a La Quinta Inn on the side of the highway. Yes. Yeah. First off, Bunny, my new favorite name in the world is Darius Emmanuel Grouch the Third. Yes. So move over, Fort Wayne Mayor Harry Balls. Yes. There's a new name in town. Darius Emmanuel Grouch the alias The Rumble. Which is such a horrible name. It, it, rumble? The Rumble. Why the f- Fuck! <laughs> the... Oil? Rumble? Just 
the, the freaking rumble. Secondly, yeah. Secondly, this film reminds me of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Because this film is very woody in, in terms of what they're filming. Like, Ed Wood had cardboard and a shower curtain and said, this is a plane. Yeah. And in Money Play, like, hey, this nondescript empty warehouse is an art gallery. Mm-hmm. This nondescript, completely empty, abandoned warehouse with no art is a goddamn art gallery. Uh-huh. That is an Ed Wood cardboard tombstone level of fuckery. <laughs> Number one. Or is it and then like, oh hey, this very small room filled with blue curtains. This is a plane. Yes. Hanger. This is a terminal. This one table with green felt is a casino. Casino in the sky. Mm-hmm. So I feel that if Edward were alive today, he would have made Money Plane, but Joey Lawrence would have been a drag queen named Shirley, and Denise Richards would have been in a pink Angora sweater. Do we know that he's not? No. But okay. now we get to the important part of this uh, discussion. Number one, how does a man fuck a crocodile? Yes. And number Carefully. two, how, do, how does someone bet on a man fucking a crocodile? Yes. And discuss. I, I, I think it, you I, would either bet that he does or does not fuck the crocodile. You know, but... Like, what constitutes fucking? Because I would be really pissed off if I laid my money down and you start playing this just-to-tip shit with me. You know? Yeah. I think for him to truly fuck the crocodile, there's got to be a money shot. Do you lose the bet? If the man doesn't fuck the crocodile, the man and the crocodile make love. <laughs> We're Floridian for this. Yeah. We need Jason Mendoza yeah, here to help I, us out. I really don't feel like we're qualified enough for this because yeah. we don't live in Florida. Where's Pillboy? Pillboy will do it. Or Donkey Doug! <laughs> Donkey Doug! But this film. But basically. But basically. You go to a bar where crocodiles are known to hang out, you know, and Drunk you, you crocodiles. casually crocodiles. sit next to a, a, a rather attractive crocodile. Uh, you ask the crocodile its sign, and at the first yeah. opportunity, you roofie the crocodile's drink. Well, hello. Yeah. Aren't you an attractive crocodile? <laughs> Let me buy you a drink. It's been are a wild you, crocodile. Are you, uh... Is my name Captain Hook? Because you just took my hand. Have you heard about Scientology? Hey, 
You make my Ooh, that's a good one. God, you yeah. have such an opportunity. Is my name Captain Hook? Because I'm hearing a heart tick. And they never did a guy fucking a crocodile. I mean, fighting a crocodile, yeah, but not fucking a crocodile. I mean, like, that would have been entertaining. You drop a line like that and not show us any crocodile talking? That's the thing is that this seems to be a grindhouse movie without balls. Yes. There's no nudity in this entire film. I was shocked by that. So you mean to tell me you got freaking Edge and Frasier? To star in a movie called Money Plane, you're not showing boobs or any gore or anything? Like, that was surprising. Yeah. That, that was downright surprising. But uh, this film was written and directed by Andrew Lawrence, and he is the younger brother of Joey, actor Joey Lawrence, yeah. who was uh, who was one of the stars of the TV show Blossom. He was the one that would go, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So, so Andrew Lawrence added all of his brothers into the film. All three of them are in this. So... Joey Lawrence plays the concierge who somehow inexplicably cannot pronounce the actual word concierge. <laughs> and, then, and then Matt Lawrence plays the cowboy. Originally, they wanted Tom Arnold, but he couldn't do it because of scheduling conflicts, which surprises me that somehow Tom Arnold has a schedule yeah. that can conflict. But uh, so at the last second, they just got Matt Lawrence to play the cowboy. And then the director is Iggy, the <laughs> member of Edge's crew. So uh, it was director Andrew Lawrence's directorial debut. Not that we should be surprised. Go figure. Yeah. Um, the best part about this film, well, and I have said this numerous times. If we're going to consider it's the dude's first movies, then, then I might have to give him some props on that. For first Yeah, movie. like, this is one of those Francis films... Francis Ford Coppola like, did Dementia 13, it, okay? Yeah, it's, it's like... It's like, yeah, all of those grindhouse horror movies from the 50s and 60s and 70s that we make fun of today were basically like student films that we're now ripping on. Yeah. It's like a bunch of kids out of college got some money together and made this movie and now we're laughing at it sort of a thing. So, so yeah, this was his first film and, you know... You don't necessarily see Kelsey Grammer's character die. I'd go for Money Plane 2, Money Planier. <laughs> uh, money Plane 2, Mo Money, Mo Planes. How, how Darius Emanuel Grouch III got his groove back. Yes. I'd be fine with that. But yeah, you don't and, have you don't have money, you don't have a, a budget or anything like that. 
this is the time where yeah. you need to start getting inventive, and they really didn't. You know? Yeah. yeah. I felt that Edge spending a good portion of this movie in a cockpit flying a plane was something akin to Vampira saying, what if I don't have any lines? I'll play the, the part mute. <laughs> that Edge is like, okay, um, how about I just hide in the cockpit and miss all of this? <laughs> so, I've said this about numerous films that we've covered on the podcast before, but the best part about this film is that it's less than an hour and a half long. Yes. It's, it's like 20 minutes shy of being a Dumbo. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that, you can't you can't find any cheap casino ch- sound effects. I bet no. I could. You know? Not at all. And the use thing some extreme we, depth of field. Have extras walk back and forth in the background, so it looks like there's a fucking crowd here. Something. There's only like there's only like five people on that whole freaking train, and then one of them. And then Edge disappears, retires to his suite or whatever, and it's like, so no one's going to even question the fact that one of the most prolific criminals in America, in the planet, just disappeared. Like no one's gonna, no one's gonna bother <laughs> that. No one's gonna think about that. And then the black guy who's playing McGillicuddy, and it's like, oh, racial humor. That's hilarious. Um, he has sitcom face. Yeah. He has the facial gestures of an actor on a Disney live-action sitcom for children. And it's really upsetting because he's supposed to be this criminal, but he's there watching everything happen, and he's going, and I apologize if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, because this is more of a visual thing, but his face is doing this. (laughs) He's got sitcom face, and it pisses me off, because it's like, oh, you're being incredibly freaking sus right now. You're supposed to be a freaking criminal. Yes. Act like a criminal. But the one bad part about this movie is... Um, <coughs> at least Darius Emanuel Sideshow Bob the Third is having fun cussing and twirling his mustache and chewing the scenery. And it rem- his performance reminds me of Nicolas Cage because Nicolas Cage treats bad movies seriously, which is why so many of his movies are fun. I'm talking about you, Willy's Wonderland. But um, Edge, Adam Copeland, the star of the film, he is... Such an incredible wrestler with a microphone, and he's amazing. He is an electrifying performer, but he looks bored as fuck in this goddamn movie. Yes, he does. It, it, 
Adam Copeland looks like he knows this is the worst movie ever. And so in every scene that he is in in this film, he looks like, okay, I'm going to finish this shot. And then afterwards, I'm going to go back to my trailer and fucking kill myself. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, like, like he knows he's in a bad movie and he fucking hates it. Kelsey Grammer knows he's in a bad movie and he fucking loves it. And just Edge is such a fucking, like, sour, grumpy, such a sourpuss, such a grumpy douche in this movie. It's like, God damn it, have some fun. The one woman, the woman on his team, yeah. she looked like she was having some fun with this shit. Also, um, it took a while for me to realize that uh, one of the people in this movie was one of the Punishers. Oh, really? Yeah. It took me a while to realize, holy shit, that's Thomas Jane. Really? He was the fucking Punisher. He's gone downhill, poor ass guy. Now starring in fucking Money Plane. <laughs> he was the he was the guy taking a keeping an eye on the house and flying the deadly drone while drinking and playing a video game with Edge's daughter. Yeah, that was the Punisher. Oh shit! Yeah, like that was sad. But this movie has some moments. The Russian roulette scene was very funny. Like I can't lose. <laughs> I can't wow like that was funny and I liked the never ending cockpit fight yeah it's like phew I defeated him and then you just see him get up in the background it reminded me of I think it was Kentucky Fried movie is that the film that has the like pitch perfect enter the dragon parody yeah yeah, and he keeps knocking down the bad guy, and he keeps getting up, and eventually you just see him mouth, what the fuck? Yeah. Because he keeps getting up during the fight, yeah. Plus, another really good positive about the movie Money Plane is that Denise Richards got, like, second billing, but thankfully, she's barely in this fucking movie. Hooray! Oh, but, but I, I love... Ooh. I love how bad she's looking. Man. He didn't look the best. Age is real. Oh, good. Good for you. Good for you. The Reaper is just hanging over your shoulder right now. You're starting the Botox early, but it's still a losing fucking battle. You look at Denise Richards in this movie and you make the same sour face that you make when you see modern-day Kristen Dunst, and you go, oh, good for you to stay working. Yeah. Yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. I believe this is her did third or fourth appearance on the podcast. Because we did Drop Dead Gorgeous. Denise Williams is great in that because she's playing a horrible person. Yeah. And then we did um, Tammy and the T-Rex. Yes. 
which was amazing. And, we and now we did do Star Trek, Starship Troopers too. Oh, we did. Oh, this is her fourth appearance on the podcast. Oh, good for Denise Richards. Good for you. Yes. Uh, so that's all I've got for Money Plane, I, and I can't stress it enough. There's a wonderful article on TheRinger.com, the oral history of Money Plane. <clears throat> they interview uh, Edge, and they interview Kelsey Grammer, and they interview all of the Lawrences and the producer, and it's just a fun look at just... Like, they knew this movie was bad. They didn't have a budget. They were trying their best. And, like, this is a fun movie to riff on. This is just a fun, dumb movie. This is a horrible movie, but it's a fun, horrible movie. And I had a lot of fun with it. Yes. Now, uh, I don't know what we are going to do for our 300th episode, but I do know that I just want from here until now to just have movies that are fun. We've watched some pretty bad movies recently. Um, yes, we but we some... also watched Barb and Star. And that makes up yeah. for a lot. They just hired uh, the both of them, Kristen Wiig and Anne Mumlow, who starred as Barb and Star and Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Disney just hired them to write the script for a live action version of Cinderella that will focus on the ugly stepsisters. They're all, right now, they're only writing the script, but I just hope to God that they also star in it. Just get Barb and Star and put them in the dresses from Cinderella and airdrop them into the movie Cinderella, I would pay so much to go see that. Yes. Because you don't even you don't even need to change their voices. Just keep Barb and Star as the wicked stepsisters. I am fine with that. I would like to see Barb and Star seem to take the same kind of machete arc you know, um, like Star next, space. like next, Barb and Star get it, get involved in an international drug cartel, and then yes, and, Barb and Star in space. Okay, Barb and Star get caught up in an international drug cartel, but we go the shaft route. Barb and Star in Africa. That that that's good for me. Yeah, that's a decent idea. But just e- even keep the same voices. Just oh, yeah. Like, uh, Cinderella, keep, uh, why don't you keep uh, scrubbing the floors? Uh, we're going to go and ride the banana boat ride. I hear it's a real tit flapper. <laughs> like, I'd be absolutely fine with that. But anyway, I want from here until the 300th episode to just try and be uh, good movies, positive movies, fun movies. And so next week for the podcast, we are doing a new film, what many people are calling the next John Wick, the action film Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk. Okay. It's already on... It's already on our shared cough cough. It's uh, 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 a suburban man who uh, was robbed 
by some criminals and he is uh, he didn't fight back and eventually you learn he didn't fight back because he lived a secret life a long time ago as someone who did very bad things and now he's being pushed it's basically a suburban older man John Wick and I am all for it because uh, it, it was weird when uh, Liam Neeson became an action star to me. Yes. It was like, Liam Neeson is now like a gun-toting action star? Okay, that's weird. There won't be one as weird as that. No, there is, and it's fucking one half of Mr. Show being a rugged (laughs) action star. I am shocked by this, but I hear it's really good. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on our shared cough cough. We're discussing it next week. Next week, we're doing nobody. Plus, I have also written what I feel to be some really great musical bits. Really? Next, not music, but just we'll be talking a lot about music, and I'm really proud of it. But that's next week. Now that I'm looking back at this week, oh, the fun we have had, Joey Lawrence. Darius Emmanuel Grouch the third, um, David Ayers, the goalie, Matt Gates, share in and the share mobile. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast, if I do say so myself. I think it's been a damn good episode of the podcast. Okay, you know, I felt the same way. But I didn't want to step on your toes because I feel you're the one who does that rating, gives it that distinction. And I didn't want to upset you, cross over your boundaries, because I respect you and I respect your boundaries as individual. But yes, I what I'm trying to say is I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steven on behalf of Natasha and Eleanor and Maxwell and everybody else on this podcast. I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you neckties. Neckties, nice. Way to tie it back. Way to tie it back. You really, uh, you, you really, you know, tied the whole room together. Cut and print. Cut and print.